tonight. For your listening pleasure, I have resurrected from the dead the Judd's Napa Valley Show Halloween Spectacular. Resurrected from the dead? Well, not really. What happened was we had some technical issues at the outset of this episode, so the first part of it is cut off, so I'm going to tell you what's going on when we get there. We're going to join the show in progress, and the voice you're going to hear after the theme song is, well, kind of a mysterious fellow. Uh, This is something I don't normally do, but as I was driving to the studio, a fellow flagged me down. He said, I have a story I really want to tell you. And this isn't something I would normally do. I would not just invite somebody into the studio. But once I heard what it is he wanted to tell me, I had no choice. This story had to be shared. Actually, I didn't know his story. All he said is that he said to me, I have had firsthand experiences with the Rebobs. I said the Rebobs? Napa Valley's monster of legend? The scary creatures that are said to inhabit the forested western hills of Napa Valley? He says, not said to. They do, and I want to tell you my story. So I brought him in. His name is Bill. And that is where we are going to join the episode today. In mid-sentence. And I'm sorry again for the technical glitch at the beginning. We didn't catch the start of his story, but he was really just getting into it. I think you're going to love it. On the show as well are our scheduled guests from the Napa County Historical Society, Nancy Levenberg, the executive director, and Alex Brown, the research librarian. And they've got great stories to share about Napa Valley's creepy past. It's going to be a lot of fun. In the meantime, come enjoy Judd's Hill. That's my family's winery on the south end of Silverado Trail. I guarantee you're going to have a good time. You're going to enjoy the wines. You're going to enjoy the view. You're going to enjoy the entire experience. There's a reason we're so highly rated on TripAdvisor and Yelp and word of mouth. We'll show you a good time. We show everyone a good time. Visiting information is at judshill.com, so check that out. And while you're online, you can have a look at our funny videos, poetry, get some wine and food pairing recipes, and, you know, you can put some wine in your cart. And as a special perk for being a Judd's Napa Valley Show listener, at checkout... Type in coupon code JNVS in lowercase letters and get 15% off your entire wine order. Not too bad. If you want a better deal than that, then join our wine club and you will get a better deal than that, including invitations to events and all sorts of other great perks. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the winery. In the meantime, enjoy today's show. Everyone's a Fingal Fiend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Wait, what did he say? I'm in charge now. Get ready for a rotting heapful of horrifying things to know. From creepy but intriguing people on Jobs Napa Valley Show. Tales from the crypt and parade of hearses on death from our studio. 
come closer and receive my curses. On John's Napa Valley Show. John's Napa. John's Napa Valley. John's Napa Valley Show. Skegan, Illinois, and living out there. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, back in '71, we're driving around. We said we hear this uh, fellow say it's a good, you know, let's go up on a Partrick Road there because it's it's fun to just hang out and drink a few beers. Uh-huh. So uh, we drove on up that way, and that's a windy that's a windy road up there. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, it's windy, it's dark, and and it's narrow, and so uh, you know, and the girls were getting a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know, creeped out. Is that what the kids would say today? Creeped out, right? I don't know. So, Lauren, yeah. do you? Yeah. You you're, say that? you're the youngest one. Do you ever say creeped out when you're feeling the chills? Not really. No. Not really. Okay, okay, so that's an old phrase, I guess. Not that often. Never mind. But back in Bill's time, yeah, they sorry. said creeped out. Sorry. Okay, so uh, we, we, we're heading up that way, and it's, it's a little bit creepy, and, um, and uh, we started hearing this uh, the sound. You know, off in the distance, once we shot off the motor, and we're just sitting there in the bed of the pickup drinking a few beers, and uh, we hear this sound off in the distance. It's kind of like, woo, woo. I don't know. I can't make sound very good, but it's like, woo. And so I'm uh, feeling a little creeped out yeah, by that, Bill. Yeah, and we didn't know what that was, so uh, we we kind of got the flashlight out. We started walking, you know, uh, off the road back into the woods a little bit, and and uh, well, you know, it turned out it was just uh, it was just some uh, some guy back there going. Woo. But anyway, that that wasn't the point of the story, actually. So uh, as we were heading back to the truck, and it's very dark and everything, and we heard this uh, sound, like a sound up in the, like a rustling sound up mm-hmm. in the trees. And I'm like, what's that? And there's no wind. What could be? Is it birds up in there? Or what? It's got owls or, you know, bats or wombats or what kind of bats? You know, we didn't know what. It has some kind of bats. Anyway, so we start looking around up in there. You couldn't really see anything. But, uh, you know, there's all this rustling around. And, and then you could hear, like, whispering. And whispering sounds and like what's that whispering coming from and and uh, so uh, you know we started shining the flashlight around up there in the trees and uh, you couldn't see anything at first couldn't see a thing and then suddenly uh, just uh, like right up behind me right up behind me was this uh, uh, this furry thing is this furry thing and uh, and I realized well it was it was my it was my buddy Pete he had a beard but uh, <laughs> Bill uh, that wasn't you know I'm less just... creeped out by this story now. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? What you know? What, well, you know, I'll make a long story short, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what it turned out to be was uh, rebobs. You heard about the rebobs, haven't you? Well, I have heard about the rebobs, yeah. and I think I think Alex, you you know about the rebobs as well. But what? But you you, that, I think that was a rebob I just heard. <laughs> Should we <have> squeaky? <laughs> but you did you see a rebob? Do you want to tell one of you explain what a rebob is, please? Well, uh, okay, this is Alex Brown, the research uh, librarian at the Napa County Historical Society. As somebody who is about as close to native as I can get without actually being born here, moved here as a baby, uh, and lived here most of my life, a rebob is a sort of half monkey, half humany, flying winged creature thing that lives out on the end of uh, Partrick Road and yeah. created by mad scientists, uh, supposedly in the 1950s and 60s. A uh, mad scientist was living out in a barn out there and uh, doing some experimentation that he probably shouldn't have been doing. And after he died, those little half-winged monkey things uh, 
bred basically and populated the area out there and so they yeah. haunt the hills you can actually um you can go onto youtube and if you type in rebobs the sound they make is terrifying it's a horrible shrieking sound and they'll attack your car especially if you're out there the you sound, were, you were like, lucky sound like woo. Like <laughs> more like a, a piercing <laughs> shriek kind oh, of thing piercing shriek. but you were very lucky that Whoa, they didn't attack that? your truck because that's well, what they're most famous for you know uh we did not feel we did not see, feel a sense of peril we felt that the pre- we felt that the presence of the rebobs was a uh, was a uh, you know welcoming really yeah now i've heard the story of the rebobs and i have heard about the, some scientific experiments as what spawned them does anyone know what what these experiments were about why the mad, quote unquote mad scientists was it a military project was or was it just truly mad scientists trying to create some frankenstein form of life and well, we'll answer that question, then I want to get back to Bill and find out what happened to him after he saw this rebob. You know, I honestly don't know. I don't think the mad scientist ever filed any papers at the uh, assessor's <laughs> yeah. office or anything, but uh, I think he was just some some creepy old guy with too much time on his hand and a little too much money, and you know, maybe he should have just gone into town <laughs> instead of sitting outside experimenting on animals. Well, maybe in the 50s there wasn't as much. But, yeah, over the years I've, I've read stories uh, yeah, of, of people going up there and seeing strange lights, hearing strange sounds, of the shrieking of cars being scratched. I haven't heard of any attacks, but you said maybe they're welcoming? Uh, you know, I think uh, I think you get out of life what you put into it. And uh, so, uh, you know, you, you, if, you, if you go up there on Partrick Road with a negative attitude, you're, you know, you're going to get... You're going to get negative rebob energy. Wait a minute. So, so rebarbs deliver karma? Is that what you're telling me? Well, you could put it that way. Wow. You know? oh, so you saw it. Well, you know, kind of. Kind of saw it. Uh, what I did notice, and this is really surprising, um, they, they all wear tennis shoes. Bill. Nobody, you know, we didn't expect that, but that's how they creep around so quiet. I don't know. As, um, the, as the historian, I'm going to have to have to say, I don't, I don't really know about that. Alec, he saw it, though. Yeah, I'm a witness. You've probably read many accounts, Alex. Have you ever gone up Partrick Road at night and seen? I I will. uh, I will say very nicely that yes, I have been up there. I'm not going to go into more details. As somebody who grew up here in Napa, I'm not going to get into too much details. But yeah, I think everybody's gone out there. We'd like to hear more about it. Uh, I think I'll just say that I've gone out there with some negative attitudes. Uh (laughs) And you did not. Even with the negative I've attitude. I've heard the rebobs, but I've not seen them. I, but I, you heard them? Yes. Or heard of them? You, uh, no, I've heard them. I've you, heard them. You woo, go out there and hear them, uh, especially going out there in midnight. Was it that, what Bill's yes. describing, or was it the shrieking? No, it wasn't Bill's friend making the woo sound, but uh, it was definitely the shrieking sound. And you really it's did kind, hear that out there. It's kind of a fun sound, yeah. Yeah, if you go out there. Is there but a, I highly recommend going out there at midnight. You have to go out there at midnight. Okay, at midnight. And where do you actually get... don't? I don't want a whole crush of people out there at the end of Partrick Road. You have to go all the way to the end. You do, as the legend holds, you have to go all the way to the end of Partrick Road, park your car, kind of give it a few minutes, drink um, a few beers. Drinking a few beers certainly helps, uh, and you'll hear the sounds. Sometimes I hear things after I drink a few beers. I think a lot of people do, Bill. Well, Bill, did the rest of your 
entourage experience the rebobs? Yeah, we all uh, we all uh, were were aware that we were in the presence of the rebobs, and uh, like I said, it was a uh, it was like a, a bright light was shining on us inside, and uh, you know we felt uh, the joy of the rebob, um, and you know what what actually happened? Well, you know we went on back to the truck. Rebob went with us. It was a couple of rebobs, uh, one bigger one, one smaller one. They had like I said, they had tennis shoes on, Converse, and uh, we. Uh, uh, we got him back to the truck. Uh, we chatted a little bit. We got along real well. We ended up going up to Ponches. First of all, the rebugs are conversational. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're they're uh, they're multilingual. In fact, wait, they... wait but Alex. They, so this is supposed, supposedly the Mad were crossing. You said monkeys and. Bats? You said a bat-like creature. Well, they, uh, to me, they kind of they kind of look like a monkey with a cross with a bat and maybe a little bit of a dachshund. I don't know, a dachshund or perhaps a, a corgi. What, what time of year was this, Bill? Do you recall? <laughs> time of year was it? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it was uh, it was right after prune harvest. After the prune harvest, yeah. So that's you know autumn time. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. I'm just trying to think in my head. They're conversational, wearing Converse, and went with you to. Ponches, yeah. perhaps. We I did was get, we, maybe Halloween costumes. People up there hanging around. Uh, at Ponches? Well, I'm thinking, I'm, I don't know. Everybody at Ponches looks like they're wearing a costume. Okay. All right. I, I don't want to derail with my theories. I just want to hear about your experience. So, so the Rebobs uh, got in your truck. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you, do you remember what you talked about? I'm, I'm on the way to Ponches. It's, it's a long drive back down Partrick and then yeah. up to Yauntville to have uh, some more beers. With yeah. The uh, we gosh, we talked about just about everything. Um, you know, politics, religion, uh, science. Uh, you know, they were very interested in going to the moon. The Rebobs had a had their own little space program they were starting. Um, you know, thinking about uh, colonizing. I think maybe they're there now. And maybe that's why we haven't heard many accounts lately. Possibly. But I think perhaps, perhaps the, uh, you know, the Napa Rebobs branched off. Some of them went to the moon. So uh, did any of them have tinfoil on their heads, a kind of in a helmet? shaping thing that's ridiculous is it that's ridiculous uh-huh yeah thanks well this is really an amazing account uh, and how did the evening end for you in the rebob because I, um, I, I i i'm really engaged by this story but i also want to hear from these lovely yeah. and you're welcome to stay I, I, i'd love to hear your thoughts on what they have to say yeah. too but how did this um you know it's funny and you know like i said we had we had a couple beers and we mm-hmm. went to ponches so there's part of that night i don't really remember mm. uh what i do remember i woke up the next day uh there was uh, like a whole like two really big buckets of kentucky fried chicken bones so i think we ended up going to kentucky fried chicken that night uh uh, other than that, um, the rebob is still around the next morning, or they were gone? no, no, they were they had you know I didn't expect they they'd stay around. Uh, uh, they they yeah we we More just kind of yeah you know I don't know you know it got they got late and mm-hmm. uh, I think I blacked out and uh, you know maybe they probed me I don't know it could have you know after maybe they knocked me out right the rebobs because they you know they're an advanced civilization they're not a you know they look like a monkey crossed with a chicken but. Uh, you know, so are you sure that was KFC bones? That's a good point, man. I never thought were about that. Were you hungry, hungry wow. the next morning wow. and the rebobs were gone? You or were you think... feeling pretty satisfied? Man, I hope we didn't eat the rebobs. We that, haven't seen them since. That'd just be rude, you know? Bet it wasn't finger-licking good after all. <laughs> good one. <laughs> well, that might account for the, the lack of sighting since Possibly that I'm, time. You, wow. Bill, you might have eaten the rebobs. I think I, maybe we discovered... 
you put that in your history book because that, <laughs> you know, the time I ate a rebob. All right, Bill, it's, who am I to say whether this happened or not? I, it's a wonderful story. I thank you, know, you for sharing it. You don't have to believe, you know, and believing is a choice, but uh, I know what happened to me. I, I would like friends. to believe, and you were actually very convincing because I'm able, unfortunately, our listeners don't have this advantage, but I'm able to look into your eyes as, and I can see that you are speaking the truth. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Bill, thank. Do you want to hang out and hear what they have to say, too? I'd, You're I'd welcome lo- to. I really enjoy hearing about Napa history. Okay. Feel free to hang out. I'm going to introduce them once again, in case folks got lost during that last story, which was amazing and will be a Halloween classic. Now, we'll repeat that over and over every Halloween time here on Judd's Napa Valley Show from the Napa County Historical Society. We're joined by the executive director, Nancy Levenberg, and research librarian, Alex Brown, we've heard you both piping in on Bill's Rebob story. Tell me, uh, tell me a little bit more about Napa's spooky history. I know we'd love to hear some creepy stories that are true. There are a lot. Yeah. There are many, many stories. And I think my best advice to the listeners would really be that if you want to see a ghostly sighting come this weekend on Hollow's Eve, best go out at midnight. Because that's when most of the sightings in the valley have occurred. How late was it when you went out there, Bill? Was it as late as midnight, do you think? Oh, you know, we didn't even start uh, drinking beers till midnight. Yeah, there you go. So that's when they appeared, as have most of the other ghosts in the valley. Right, Alex? Yeah, uh, most ghosts take place in pretty much any two-story building in Napa. Almost everybody's got a, a haunted uh, ghost story in their in their houses. Even some apartment complexes are, what is it are about supposedly two haunted. stories, just so you can hear the steps above you. Or? I guess, yeah, and you know, a lot of the steps older homes rustling, are, shaking, mm-hmm. things being poured down, poured down chutes. Uh, all kinds of stuff happen around the staircases in particular. Ooh, do we have some specific... We have some, we have some staircase stories, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from the south part of Napa on Partrick Road up to the north part of the valley in Calistoga. Be careful up there this Hollow's Eve, Calistoga, mm. because if you happen to be in the neighborhood of the Judge Palmer House on Cedar, it's very possible that you might run into some ghosts right there because the Palmer House story is a very, very interesting story. The Palmers, as a very, very young couple, came to the Napa Valley and decided to build their beautiful residence up uh, in Calistoga. Of course, Mr. Palmer was not a judge at that time. That happened later in his life. But he and his wife uh, bought the property up there adjacent to the little Pioneer Park. And built a beautiful house, uh, approximately 1870, 1871, and were only able to live in the house for a very short period of time. Unfortunately, Mrs. Palmer passed away Mm -hmm. in 1873, so they were only in the house for several years. And many people have said that they've seen sightings of Mrs. Palmer in the house wearing a white dress. And, of course, many of the sightings, again, as I say, happen around midnight. There's another sighting that has occurred uh, quite regularly up in the Palmer House as well. And it's said that this is in the person of a madam who for many years ran a bordello in the Palmer House after the Palmers, of course, were no longer living there. And she was a buxom woman and a kind of an authoritative figure. And people have seen her standing at the bottom of the stairs. Here we have the stairs again. At the bottom of the stairs, kind of arms akimbo or arms on her hip, dressed ostentatiously, looking up the stairs, 
which they said was where she would post herself every night mm. to take a look at the girls as they came down the stairs and headed out for their evening's entertainment with the local gentlemen. Wow. Is the, yeah, be is careful it, if, you, if you go there, especially at midnight on Hollow's Eve. Is it a place people can go? Or they, they, well, ghosts go there, Judd. But oh, I, I, is people, this a private residence? It is so? a private okay. residence. It is a private residence. But, you know, ghosts sometimes make noises. There's, you know, there's rattling. There's chains clanking. There's wind sounds like the one that Bill heard up on Partrick Road. Those are evidenced in all the ghostly sightings in the Napa Valley, as a matter of fact. Well, and even the front lawn at the Palmer House is haunted. Uh, there's, a, there's a maid named Ruby who wanders the house and sometimes is seen, um, can be seen from outside. And... Two uh, apparition of two small boys playing in the front lawn wow. um, has also been seen. So you never know what you might see outside the Palmer House. Really? So you could just kind of stand outside and try to look through the windows and look at the front lawn? And <laughs> well, I don't know that I'd walk right up to a private yeah, the, residence. The police but, might not like that. But. Um, but yeah, no, they have been seen. Uh, uh, a couple of small boys have been seen outside. I've done a bunch of research on the house, and I haven't been able to identify the madam, the prostitutes, the children, the maid, nothing. I haven't found any information on them. But uh, that doesn't make the stories any less interesting. Have you been there yourself? I have, yes. And have you seen or experienced anything? I have not. Um, well, the house however, was very illuminated when we we went there, so that mm. might have had something, and it wasn't midnight, wasn't midnight. No, it wasn't midnight. But you can feel ghosts at other properties. Noise Mansion is another uh, locally haunted mansion, and uh, here in, in downtown in downtown Napa. And, now, this uh, we can testify to, can't we, Alex? Yes, I've actually felt We've the We've experienced cold spot. this. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Let's hear it. We both have. Um, I don't really have a fun story attached. We did a, a house tour there a couple of years ago, but up on the second floor, sort of near the elevator, is a known cold spot, and I've, I've felt that cold spot. You walk through it, and you just kind of get chills, you know, and you're like, oh, what is that? And, and we know it's not air-conditioned It's not air-conditioning or, or anything. Yeah. It's just, it's a mysterious cold spot. It's been there for decades. And in fact, busy. it's so obvious that staff actually that works for the Wine Spectator in the Noise Mansion have deliberately positioned their offices and entries and exits from that area of the building so that they don't have to cross through it very often, mm. if at all. Because the Cold spot is also somewhat. What would you say, Alex? Kind of forbidding, a little, a little daunting, yeah, a little an scary. There's an ominous feel. I'm not That's much for for ghosts yeah. and supernatural. I mean, I like the stories, but mm-hmm. even I uh, will kind of avoid that spot when we were going through taking the tour. And it's yeah. always in that one spot. And yep. is there any idea of what that might be? From the history of the mansion? I think it was one of the noises that's it's purported to be. I think it was Mrs. Noise. I can't remember the full story. But, yeah, there's some somebody or something is going on in that spot right there. I wonder if years ago maybe a favorite chair was there that the person would sit in. or Well, and that's something. what goes on with uh, Cyril de Palmer in the Palmer House. She's known to uh, to express her dismay or distaste at something. If, if a new decoration is put up hmm. and she doesn't care for it, she'll rip it down or she'll be found haunting in that area. You know, like a, a picture, an art, a, a painting, yeah. or some kind of a, a statue or something like that. They they will fall, actually fall off the wall. Oh, I see. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Augustus Caesar and Cyrilda Palmer, um, very interesting names as well. Originally hailed from Indiana, from the Midwest. Yeah. And where is that house? It's up in Calistoga. That's in Calistoga. Yeah, just next yeah. to Pioneer Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. Noise Mansion is on the corner of Jefferson. That's that large, brown, beautiful yep, right house that used Napa. to house a restaurant in the carriage house behind it. That's right. Called the carriage house, I believe it was. I believe it was, too. We're yeah. going to have to take a quick break. 
We're here with, uh, well, we're here with, with Bill, who we found outside talking about rebobs, yeah. and also with um, Nancy and Alex of the Napa County Historical Society. It's all real interesting. It, isn't it very interesting? I, I love hearing these stories. I love any kind of history, but this time of year especially, the just spooky wait, history. Just wait. We're warming up to the big ones coming, okay. coming after the break. Right after this break. Grab some more chocolates and candy corn, and don't be scared. Because the Judd's Napa Valley Show Halloween Spooktacular will be right back after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa and streaming live in Transylvania at KVON.com. It's the Judd's Napa Valley Show Halloween Spooktacular. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. We're here with our guests, Nancy Levenberg, the executive director of, and Alex Brown, the research librarian of the Napa County Historical Society. We're also being joined by Bill. Bill, we didn't get your last name. I don't know if you want to give it or not, but it's... that's. A... You know, I'd just assume... Uh... I just assume not to say anything about that. There's people, you know, that uh, don't like it when I talk about the rebobs. Very good. Then uh, we have Bill, who's shared his experience yeah. about the rebob, and I he used is... to be on the Facebook, and I had to get off of there because people would, you know, they'd harass me. Was that right? Yeah. Oh, online harassment. No good. Well, you're you're safe in here. You're welcome to stay. It's it's nice having you. I'm glad Thank you find you. these stories interesting. And uh, Nancy and Alex have been telling us some ghostly happenings uh, from our own local Napa history. And, and I you were just warming up, so let's keep revving. We're, we're going we're gonna to step it up with every story that we tell to end up with the, the final chapter. All right. But this is another story about a very well-loved local Napa landmark. We're going to come down the valley now into Napa itself. Uh, like the Rebobs, which everybody knows about in the valley, everybody also knows about the ghostly apparitions that have appeared very regularly at the Napa Mill. Yes. That's currently called the Napa River Inn, a wonderful uh, historic landmark hotel in downtown Napa right on the river. But before it was hotel, it was a mill, and it was built by Albert Hatt, who was a Prussian, and who came to the Napa Valley in the 19th century and built the mill. And 1884 to 1886, it took him several years to construct it, and then other additions were added. Um, the stacks where they held the grain were added in the 20s and 30s, I think early 30s, maybe 32 the sad story about the mill is that the original owner, Albert Hatt, had a son. And his son, um, also named Albert, fortunately for mm-hmm. us, so I didn't have to remember another name, yeah. got married, had five children, and was uh, regularly at the mill, as you can imagine, since he was running it. And unfortunately, his wife, like Cyril Palmer, died very, very young, right after birthing the five children. Mm-hmm. And it is said that her ghost has been seen in the Napa River Inn by guests and a lot by staff. When Mr. Price first started the hotel, 
he had a number of staff members who had been working for him for a number of years, and everybody from the maintenance man to the manager of the hotel when it first opened, and everything in between, all those people have seen ghostly apparitions in the Napa River Inn. Another story that we've heard about the Napa River Inn, and and this is actually a true story and uh, very unfortunate, the son, after his wife died, also died, but he killed himself, and he did this by hanging himself. I have heard of this. You've heard that, and yes. everyone always asks us exactly where in the hotel this happened, and it happened kind of roughly in the location where Sweetie Pies is located today, a this, part of that Napa River Inn complex. Which I hear now people are experiencing strange things and his apparition within the bakery itself within the bakery itself i wouldn't i i mean uh, since it's happening in the napa river inn and that's where he actually hanged himself alex knows a few more stories and about Sweetie the Pies napa river and yeah right there complex, right yeah. there right there yeah yeah shadows of a hanging figure seen you know above in the chocolate Sweetie Pies. cookies yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I wonder if that enhances the flavor what do you think maybe this time of year but maybe this time yeah i don't know well, and uh, and Mrs. Hat, who has been seen wandering around, um, it's believed that she, because she's dressed as a, she's you know that traditional woman of white ghost, mm. and it's believed that um, she wanders the halls trying to find her husband to stop him from from committing suicide. Excuse me, to, from committing suicide. Oh my goodness! So like that's in why a... it's believed, yeah, that she wanders around, and she hasn't been able. Of course, she can't find him and stop him, but that's why she wanders and wails. What a torturous mm-hmm. eternity yes trying to stop your loved one from killing himself that that's another oh. one that you may want to consider you know kind of hanging around outdoors midnight hollows eve nancy because, and your puns come yeah on. but so you could stand outside hanging around thank you very much yeah i'm outside, sorry sweetie pie I, I couldn't resist that no no Bill, you have experience? Insights on the Napa River. I was just imagining. Can you imagine imagine how frustrating it would be to be uh, in a bakery and be a a dead ghost and you can't even eat a sticky bun? Oh, that that sounds like eternal torture. You'd smell it and you'd see it, but you couldn't actually eat it. Wouldn't that be horrible? It's kind of like that guy in hell who has the grapes above him and is standing in water up to his neck and he's starving you know, and really, really thirsty, and he can't get either the grapes or the water because he's in hell, and that's wow. his damnation. He's the one who who killed his son and put him in a pie and ate him, though. But so I guess that's kind of appropriate for a bakery. Yeah, Man, I, th- I thought the rebobs was creepy, but yeah. that's even more. That's that's very creepy. Well, that's out of you know the purgatorio, so Dante's purgatorio. So yeah. Terrible yeah, stuff. The Hat Building also has more ghosts, though. Yeah, tell them about the cakes. This oh, is a uh, this is a great one, and this is a fairly recent sighting too. Yeah, um, a guest from a couple of years ago uh, wrote about this online. They were um, walking down one of the back stairwell and encountered a man dressed very nicely, dressed from about the 1930s or 40s in that area, in that era. Um, and the the guest asked him where the dinner was or something, you know, where the where food was. And, and the guest said, there's no food here. I'm Robert Keg. This is my mill. And they were very kind of blown aback and then the guy left and they went back into the main lobby and if you go into the main lobby there there's a lot of really beautiful old historic photos of napa all over the place and they recognized the man in the photo as robert keg because his photo was in there without realizing that it was you know robert keg until they looked at the photo wow. and it, that he had passed away many years before so robert keg is wandering around um, but as a 
not a ghostly apparition, but as a solid person who can they, speak in... They saw him well enough to be able to discern his features. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And, and he spoke converse. back to them. Exactly. Yeah. Spoke he, to him. Yeah. He was very he surprised that there were people in his mill. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he was wandering around. And then also in one of the old former warehouse areas, um, it's three workers have been seen um, pouring... Uh, underneath the silos, there used to be a like a grain pour spout, and they're seen with this phantom spout pouring grain into sacks and loading them onto trucks to take them to ghostly places uh, elsewhere. Ooh, ghostly also, grains. Also, a lot of uh, kind of crazy occurrences in the house and some of the in the in the mill and some of the rooms, uh, particularly rooms two hundred seven and two hundred eight. Oh. Cold spots, doors opening and closing, drawers that have been filled with the guests' clothes suddenly open or close. There are things in there. There are things are not in there. They've been tipped out. Fireplaces going on and off without any man, in, man-made intervention. Elevators going both up and down. And I guess down in an elevator is not unusual, but up in an elevator, as far as whether or not that's kind of an electrical problem, up doesn't happen, only go, only go down. So the fact that the elevator there goes up and down. And you're saying without anybody actually being there to push buttons. All of this they is on their supernatural, paranormal. Wow. And those specific rooms, I wonder if yeah, you yeah. call the hotel, if there's extra demand for them? Or yes, people, there is. Oh, yes, there are. They're absolutely. Yeah, because people like to stay yeah. in those rooms. In fact, they call up specifically asking to stay in the scariest rooms. Okay, so they've got the reputation. Yeah, I guess I guess they've all checked out, but we haven't really checked into that, so I don't know. <laughs> what else you got? I see we've got some notes here and some photos. What's... Oh, yes. Um, so I was going to talk next about the uh, Greenwood murders, which a lot of Nappins know, and Billy Rowe, and I have to keep my notes out because there's a lot of legs <laughs> Story. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm familiar. Well, the green. Um, so you know the house that's out there by the Napa County Airport, that big Victorian mansion. Yeah, absolutely. Th- that's the Greenwood Mansion. It oh. used to be across the street on Kelly Road. It looks um, like it should be a haunted house. It, it's most definitely haunted, um, and uh, it's the site of uh, one of the most tragic murders in Napa. Mm. So the house was built by by John Quincy Greenwood. He was a ship captain and made all of his money, you know, sailing goods up and down the coast here. He married a young woman named Lucina, and in the 1880s he began building that home. And like I said, it was across the street on Kelly Road. At that point, most of that area in Napa County is just land. It's all, um, there's you know, obviously no airport and no main road. There's a small dirt road connecting between um, Napa and American Canyon and, and train tracks and everything. So it was pretty rural out there. It was a ranch area. And Greenwood was walking around his property one day and was approached by two men. One of them was a man calling himself William Moore, uh, but was actually Billy Rowe. And uh, Billy had uh, had been doing work in that area in Napa County for a couple of years, so he was fairly well known in the area. Um, but he and a German immigrant uh, named Schmidt pulled a gun on Greenwood and demanded money from him. Greenwood only had a couple of dollars, so they t- took him back to the house, tied him up, and forced him to drink uh, a bunch of chloroform. Ooh. Yeah. They didn't even just gas him. I mean, they actually just poured it down his throat, tied him up, and he went unconscious. So the two men start ransacking the house looking for valuables and treasure. And at that same time, about 6 p.m., Lucina drove up. And she hadn't seen what was going on. She'd been out and about town. She drove up in her horse and buggy and started entering to the side door, the kitchen, when the two men, Roe and Schmidt, approached her. There was some kind of scuffle. She fell off of a four-foot, um, of the four-foot porch. They fought again down on the ground and mm. then finally tied her up and dragged her inside. 
and again uh, forced to drink a bl- bunch of chloroform at this point greenwood woke up and called to his wife she called back saying i'm hurt I'm hurt. Can you find me? The Roe and Schmidt were, again, ransacking the house and heard this commotion. So they knocked out Greenwood again and dragged his wife off and did some terrible things there. Uh, She was found later tied to the bed, shot in the head. She had been strangled first, fortunately, before she had been shot. She'd been strangled and killed. But they found when they did an autopsy on her later on, they found both chloroform and arsenic in her stomach. So she did not have an easy way out, unfortunately. dear. Yeah. So Greenwood uh, woke up again, tried to go find his wife, found her dead on the bed, and then Billy Rowe and, and Schmidt found him shot him twice in the head. Fortunately, in his case, the bullets just grazed him and he faked death. He just, oh. he played dead. They tied him up again and, uh, and then took Lucina's carriage and drove off. This is true. Yes, this, this is, is a not, true story. This is not a movie. I mean, um, talk about stranger than fiction. And it, she gets to the unbelievable part shortly because... Well, let's get there. We've only got yeah. a few Yeah, minutes, sorry. So, that's um, okay. so yeah. Billy Rowe, uh, so the, they go off, and eventually the two men split off, and, and Schmidt gets caught pretty quickly because he felt, feels guilty about it. Billy Rowe went off and got captured several years later. He got drunk and bragged to an off-county uh, sheriff about his crimes. But uh, Greenwood, after all of this goes on, Greenwood drags himself about a mile out to the front of his property. And and collapses there after calling for help. And mm. Mr. Kelly, Kelly Road, yeah, um, okay. was the one who found him and alerted the police. And then they, they came and, and rescued him. But he had been found with chloroform and arsenic as well. He'd been poisoned quite heavily. Billy Rowe, the reason a lot of Napa people will know him is because he has the dubious honor of being the last public execution in California. Oh, really? He was executed on the front steps of the courthouse in 1897. Here in Napa. Here in Napa. Um, it was an invitation-only event, about three or 400 people, men. Um, we have a full collection of the whole event from start Invitation to finish. Only. I had no idea. I mean, Invitation all wearing good, you know, their dress to, clothes, black top tie? hats, black yes, tie, yes. absolutely. In fact, I oh, think you white tie. Yes. I do, yeah. yeah. They also have quite a wonderful exhibit out at oh, the sheriff's department they that are, is open at the to gallows. the public. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, where is it? Out at the sheriff's department. In their museum down oh, they there. Have it. And they have the original, they have some elements of the original gallows, mm-hmm. and they yeah, also have a stop. Uh, go photo of him actually yeah. falling through the scaffolding the gallows. on the gallows. Yeah, we yeah. have that too. And the, and the he's gallows. A blur, at, he's a blur. Mm-hmm. The gallows at the court at the uh, sheriff's department are the last two remaining gallows in um, California, actually. But yeah, so he was executed on the front steps. And here's where it gets a little bit murky. Um, he apparently wanted his body donated to science at the time in the Victorian era that they believed that murder was sort of a genetic thing, sociopathy. You could dissect it and see it in the brain. I Frankenstein see. a la Mary <laughs> yeah. Shelley. Yeah. Absolutely. So he donated his body to science. And this is where it gets weird. Um, it's believed that Kieser, which was Kieser's furniture and undertaker store here in Napa, which is now Cole's Chop House. It's believed that his body, uh, his bones were put up on the rooftop of what is now Cole's Chop House to bleach in the sun for a year before, before they were were turned back into a skeleton and used in display in county schools. <laughs> so I don't know if that part's oh true or goodness. not. We've also but it's heard pretty gruesome. We've also heard that there was a doctor whose offices occupied the second floor of the Windship Building. Now that the base of that is um, the coffee house, Napa Valley Coffee Roasting. Mm-hmm. And from the second window, you know, there, from the second floor, there's a beautiful window that kind of looks out on about 180 degrees of First and Main. 
And it said that there was a doctor who practiced there for many years and that he hung Billy Rose skeleton in the window and used it to show to his patients, well, I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to do that. So we have a couple of stories about what happened to the mortal remains. Well, and Greenwood himself had kind of a hard road. He lived for another 20 years or so after his wife's passing and never recovered from it. He uh, he had the carriage brought up into the attic and he basically slept near the carriage for the rest of his life and just never got over the death of his wife. Oh, but I think it's a I think it's a wonderful story for opera because of the fact that first beaten then chloroformed then given arsenic then shot in the head two or three times two times and then crawling a mile i mean talk about it's not over till the fat lady sings good heavens can you imagine the last act of the opera would be two and a half hours long oh my goodness well let's commission something the historical society i may be bill Bill. He's a good storyteller. He's a wonderful storyteller and has had upfront experience with these sorts of things, you know? Yeah. That was a, that's a pretty scary story there. People are bad sometimes. Yeah. 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 Billy Rowe was described as a bad hombre. Bad. And he certainly seems to have been. Wow. You know, thank you for sharing some of these stories. I'd I'd love to I don't know that they were uplifting. (laughs) No, but they're, but they're, they're intriguing. Provoke one to think about our history, maybe contact the Historical Society to learn more about what you guys do. Your website, I believe, is uh, NapaHistory.org or WordPress.NapaHistory.org. Just NapaHistory.org. And, uh, you know, briefly, can you tell us just in general, what is it? You all do some of the programs. I know people. Well, we'll go ahead. Go ahead. I'll we do. we do a lot of different things. I encourage you to contact us if you're interested in researching anything about Napa history. We are the Napa County Historical Society, and it turns out that though there are other museums and historical societies in the valley. Um, many of the things that they have, we have in the originals, and they have the things from us in duplicate or because mm. we've you know, scanned them and sent them and shared them widely with the community. We work regularly with the papers and the magazines whenever they're researching anything. We you know, rewrite the histories and correct them according to current scholarship. We educate and we publish. Publish is one of our main um, missions. And we encourage uh, unpublished authors as well as seasoned authors to come in to research with us. We've been host to a number of researchers over the years who have, based on our research that they've done with us, gone on to publish books, of which we're very proud. It's kind of like birthing a baby for us at the Historical Society when somebody does research for us and then writes a book. For example, now we're working with Diane Dillon in particular of the supervisors of mm-hmm. the county on a history of the supervisors in Napa County and, you know, among other people. We also maintain an extensive collection, which consists of the best extant collection of uh, blueprints, maps, manuscripts, books. Uh, We have more than 10,000 photos in our collection, which are organized, and we are willing to sell and rent to people. For example, the photos that Alex mentioned in the Napa River Inn uh, were purchased from the Napa County Historical Society. A lot of businesses use our photographs, um... Golly, downtown, probably almost every business downtown. Napkins is a perfect example of that. Oh, okay. Wonderful. And I know if folks want to get involved, they can contact you through NapaHistory.org. They can donate. They can help do some research. Yep. 
Yeah, we're always looking for new donations of photographs and things like that. I've had quite a few people who uh, were very happy that they had given us stuff before the earthquake because they would have lost it in the earthquake. So we're always looking for new donations and things like that um, to work with people. We also do a lot of outreach with school groups. We do scavenger hunts. You probably saw the register articles a couple of weeks ago. We do really fun scavenger hunts with uh, third and fourth graders, high school internships. I mean, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's really wonderful work you're doing. On the website, there are some self-guided tours people can pick up. Uh, you can arrange, for, uh, which include like bike tours, which yeah, is really we've got cool. A we bike just tour. finished the Napa yeah. County bike tour, which was funded by Visit yeah. Napa Valley and the supervisors. And you can also arrange for some private self-guided tours. It's just very cool. NapaHistory.org. And uh, Nancy, I like your idea of turning that horrible, tragic story into an opera. Into an opera, yeah. Perhaps one of our local theater companies, maybe Lucky Penny Productions. Does anybody here know the website? I don't have it. Is it luckypennynapa.com? It is. So send emails there. <laughs> Bill see, also knows about that. See, see what they're performing, and maybe soon they'll be performing that as an opera. Before we go, uh, everybody at Judd's Napa Valley Show, I'm not even going to ask a question. I'm just going to tell you. Everyone here goes nuts for donuts. So oh, we, we have some oh, Halloween no. <laughs> pumpkin spice black and orange sprinkle donuts for you guys. Oh, no. As a thanks for coming. <laughs> it's been great hearing your uh, spooky Napa history. Thanks, and Jeff. Bill, best of luck in I don't even know what you do. We just met outside. So well, thank you. you know, I, I think I, I'm, uh, we'll see you all up on uh, Partrick Road, you know, you, Halloween night. Are you feeling like you could go I back up I, there? I think I might like to re-explore that. Uh, <laughs> Let it touch back in with us yeah. and let us know what you find. Yeah, you know? well, and one other thing I remembered: if you if you do go uh, and you want to like lure the rebobs close, they they really like Taco Bell. So Taco Bell, yeah. and we noticed that Alex here is wearing Converse. So maybe are you a rebob? Yeah, I uh, I very well may be. I do uh, I do enjoy some Taco Bell. Taco Bell, a few beers and some good company. That's what the rebobs like. Thanks, Bill, for sharing your story. And this is Lauren Mole shrieking on Halloween for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.